Welcome to the Modernist File Podcast. Today we'll be talking about holy experiments. I hope this is something that you will enjoy and that will encourage you to try some new things in your own congregation. I'm talking today with uh, David Brown. David is the consulting uh, coordinator for Pinnacle Leadership Associates, lives in Rock Hill, South Carolina. David, thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's great to be here, Ursul, and thanks for the opportunity to talk with you about this. I hear a lot today about holy experiments, and uh, I know you're a person that uh, is a proponent of this. What exactly is a holy exper experiment? Yeah, so I just think of holy experiments as sort of being an intentional pathway or a process um, by which we, um, a group of people, a congregation, uh, uh, a part of a congregation, are trying to discover and pursue God's mission in the world. Mm -hmm. So a uh, holy experiment is, is really a vehicle for helping us to ask good questions about ourselves and our community. Uh, to think about what God is doing in the world, to be on the lookout for what God is doing in the world, and then to actively, intentionally take steps to sort of align ourselves with God's work in the world. So why does the church need holy experiments today? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, as we look at Scripture, you know, we see a God who is constantly on the move, a God who by God's very nature is on mission, um, and we talk that sort of talk, and we say that we serve and follow that sort of God. Um, but I think the reality is that for many of us in our congregations, either as lay people um, or as leaders of congregations, you know, it's easy for us just to get sort of stuck in the more comfortable ways that we have known um, of how to do church and be church. And so I think that holy experiments are important because they um, help to widen our view and, and remind us, okay, we, we serve a God who's on the move. Um, God is doing a new thing. And, and um, if we're not looking out for that, um, then maybe we're missing the boat. Um, I've got a, a friend in ministry who says, you know, we're up here, we're up here plowing the ground, you know, toiling on in the way that we do. And, and God's out on the back 40 plowing new ground. And so, you know, if, if we're not on the lookout for the new ground that God's plowing, then I think our churches um, can get caught up in preserving an institution instead of pursuing a mission. So following up on that image, how do we uh, plow the ground? How do we prepare the way to do a holy experiment in a congregation? Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I think there are a couple of different ways to think about this. Um, in most congregations, most established congregations, you've got any number of programs and events and regular ongoing gatherings and worship times and teaching times that are just sort of a, a staple of who the congregation has been and continues to be. And so I think in, a, in an established traditional church, maybe most often a holy experiment takes place on the margin. Um, it takes place on the edge while a lot of those traditional ongoing um, ways of being the church are still happening. And so in a traditional church, I think one of the big things that leaders can do is to help create margin, you know, to help, help encourage people to think about what God is doing on the edges of their life as a congregation. 
Mm -hmm. um, maybe that even means blessing and encouraging certain people in the congregation to pursue a passion of theirs that may or may not um, directly link with a church ministry. Um, so blessing someone to go off and pursue a calling that they're feeling from God in the community rather than signing them up for another year on the flower committee. Mm -hmm. you know, so I think giving people the opportunity, blessing them and what their, the stirrings of their heart um, to go and pursue those. And then as those holy experiments bubble up around the margins, then as church leaders, we can hold those up. You know, we can hold those up and tell those stories in front of the congregation. I think in telling those stories and pointing to the, the new thing God is doing and that maybe some among us have, have, have caught the wind of the spirit on, then that can, can give a new perspective to the entire congregation. So I, th I think in a traditional, established, successful uh, congregation, maybe it's working the margins. I think sometimes there are congregations who are, are ready to, to, to renew and revamp, and they know they've maybe hit a crisis or they've hit a, a point at which if, if they don't do something dramatic, then they may, they may not survive. Um, and I think in those cases, you know, a holy experiment might be the whole thing. We might be able to ask the question, you know, what is it that God's calling us to do and be right now? And let's, let's think about a holy experiment as a, a bigger part of the, the whole church project, this, the central part of who we are as a congregation. I think a new church start could also think about things in that way or um, a ministry area within the church, a, a youth ministry or some other missional ministry of the church might be able to focus all or most of their attention on a particular holy experiment. Can a holy experiment fail? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In fact, I think that, that probably they have to. Um, you know, I think they have to in some ways or another. Um, you know, I think that if, if we're not, um, you know, if we're not risking enough well. in trying to follow God and God's mission in the world, um, then, uh, you know, I think if we are risking it up, then we're, we're going to fail at times and yeah. we're going to miss the point. Um, you know, I think it's sort of a, a Peter stepping out of the boat kind of moment, you know, where the, the intentional effort to say, I, Jesus, I'm going to come, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to follow you. And then maybe it falls apart when you're, you're stepping out of the boat and you're on the waves, but you learn something in that moment. Um, I, I think of a story of a, a youth ministry who, um, decided that they wanted to provide a meal to the people in their surrounding community. And so they took all this time to plan the meal. It's going to be a free meal served in their parking lot, a fairly high traffic uh, area of town. And so they went through the energy of making the meal, setting up tables, being there to serve, putting out signs. And they had hardly any interaction with their neighbors. Hardly anyone stopped by, um, whether that was because they were, reticent to receive something free from a church or whether they question the motives or what. And so in some respects, it was a, it was a failure, but in another respect, it opened their eyes to see that maybe we need to find other avenues to pursue real relationships with our neighbors, you know, rather than, um, you know, sort of, uh, a, um, dropping this sort of, uh, ministry or, 
uh, you know, event out in the community, but let's figure out how do we get to know our neighbors and ask them some questions and listen to what they have to say. Can you give an example of a, another holy experiment, maybe one that was, uh, yeah, was more successful or uh, perhaps more was learned from that experience? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think there are a couple of them that I had kind of thought about in, in my head as I was um, planning to, to talk with you today. But um, so a congregation that I worked with, um, there were two people in the congregation, a retired physician and then just another lay person. And uh, they came across the stat one day uh, that um, there were greater than 10,000 uninsured people in our county. Wow. And uh, as they were finding out more about this, they realized that most of them are working poor, people who have minimum wage, part-time jobs that don't provide any benefits. Mm. And so they made too much money to qualify for government health assistance, um, but not didn't have enough stability to have their own private insurance. And so that one little spark got those two people in a congregation to begin asking questions about the community, about what the congregation could do, about how the community could pull resources together. And over a period of several years, out of their efforts and bringing not only our congregation, but several other congregations and the general community along, um, they were able to launch a free medical clinic in our town. Yeah. And so that was one way that just out of hearing the statistic, beginning to ask questions, building partnerships in the community, and meeting a real need in the world. And that wasn't something that our one particular congregation owned as our ministry, yeah. you know, but it was a way that some people in our congregation, and then later on the congregation as a whole sort of were able to invest in, uh, you know, a, a holistic uh, meeting a need in the community. Great, great. Well, David, thank you for sharing today. And uh, these are some great thoughts and challenges for us. And uh, thank you for your work through Pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am loving what we're doing through Pinnacle and being a part of it. And, uh, you know, I think any chances that we have to, to help pastors and churches and lay people to think about the holy experiments and how they're pursuing God's mission in the world, you know, um, I, I think let's take every avenue to do that. So thank you for doing this sort of a video and podcast. And I think that's a great way to get get uh, um, some conversations going. Good. Thank you, David. Thank you for listening to this episode of Barnabas File. If you'd like to pursue this topic further or talk to me about other topics of interest, you can contact me at ursulharrison at gmail.com. That's I-R-C-E-L-H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N at gmail.com.